Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very excited to have my good friend, Miss Dahlia Bernstein. Hello. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you, John Prosciutto? Prosciutto. That was close, <laughs> but good. I'm good. Uh, can you give the listeners a quick introduction to who you are? Yeah. Hi, listeners. I'm Dahlia Bernstein. I am a re- recent graduate from Muhlenberg College, and I'm just trying to find my way in the world. Woo, woo. Woo, woo. So Dahlia and I met on, uh, let's not get into specifics, but a um, TV show Web series, um, web series yeah. production thing that we did. Uh, I don't know, four or five months ago. Oh right? my god, yeah, it's was a while it that ago. long. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we had a good time and became best friends. We're besties, Biffles now. Biffles. Um, and yeah, it was just a cool learning experience. And now, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm still in the job hunt, but um, I've been doing some background work. So I was recently on. Um, Apple TV's new show, Brass Tactics, and Dude. Gossip Girl, and what? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It sounds exciting, but you're probably going to see like a very blurred out version of me, unless, oh. or maybe not even at all. But it's fun to say like, oh, I was on the show, and I got to see these people. Paid, right? Yes, it was. Thank God. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. So now I've actually just been auditioning for stuff, and I had my first in-person audition since like ever not ever but um you know post-college post-showcase stuff yesterday so it's really interesting and fun to get back out there that's awesome yeah how has so obviously you're graduated and covid sort of fucked up probably the in-between years where you would have been doing yeah sort of a bit of working and auditioning Mm -hmm. and school how was that sort of like impacted like the last couple years of your life yeah i mean i was originally supposed to graduate um may of 2021 so it hasn't like been so bad but um since i'm like a theater major and also media com a lot of the courses i take are very hands-on so when covid hit and it was the fall of 2020 i everything was online and i was like i'm not going to be paying like sixty thousand dollars to sit in my room and cry and also (laughs) act and put on like a one person show of hamlet like no thank you so um i decided to take a gap semester with my best friend because we both are like attached to the hip and we're both like well i'm not doing this if you're not so um i took that time to honestly get some career started so i took a lot of internships with digital marketing it's fun. I'm not sure if that's what I want to do with my life, but it was really impactful and I learned a ton of stuff and I got paid while doing it. So that's cool. Yeah. So I think it really helped that that semester was taken off. And then by the time I went in for spring, there was a little bit more in-person stuff. And then I was able to like kick ass my last semester. Nice. Mm -hmm. I often harp on my podcast about how, you know, I'm 36, you're 23. So when I was 23, I had no fucking idea what I wanted to do with my life. And let's call it for the next decade from 23 to 33. All I really did was chase money, right? Like try to make as much money as possible and like buy a bunch of cool shit because like that's, you know, what I thought was important. But like, you know, having known you for, you know, six months or so now, you've pretty much had your eye on the prize from the beginning. And like, what is that like? I mean, growing up, did you always want to be in theater and acting? Like, is this something that you've kind of always wanted to do? Yeah, I think, you know, since I was little, I mean, my first dream ever was to be the Statue of Liberty. I literally thought that there was a lady painted green who just stood on the island with her arm up for 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And I was like, I want to do that. But (laughs) I quickly learned that that was not... The way to go. Um, I've always loved theater. I have an older sister um, who's 10 years older than me, actually. And she's an actor. And she's been doing a lot of cool stuff. And seeing that, like, made me inspired and stuff. And so I took, like, singing lessons. Dance, kind of? I don't know. I'm definitely not a dancer. But I do tap. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But... Yeah, I've always wanted to do theater, Um, you know, kind of growing up and having people be like, what, you want to live in a box for the rest of your life? I sort of not switched gears, but I was like, let me add something to that. And that's kind of where media communications comes in, because as you know, I like to talk. Yeah. Um, Podcast is a perfect place for you. Hence why I'm on this podcast. But, um, you know, uh, there's it's such a broad 
um, major. And so for a while, I thought maybe marketing is what I wanted to do or social media. And I think film and television production, hence where we met, um, has been like a recent development in my life, if that makes sense. And yeah. Then, you know, realizing that there are certain things about that that I want to go into, whether it's production or development of shows. Mm -hmm. So I'm still sort of doing, you know, what you did at 23, where you're trying to figure out like what you want your life to be like. So I'm still doing that, but in a different sense, you know. Yeah. Do you feel pressure to have a certain level of success? I'm not sure how successful your sister is, but like based on like things that she accomplishes in the field, do you feel... Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many like up and coming stars there are that are like 19 or 25? Like, well, or, real stars are TikTok stars. No, real stars. I mean, you know, like Timothy Chalamet. Oh, Timmy. Um, Timmy. We actually have the same birthday, by the way. Oh, happy birthday, Timmy. Timmy, December 27th. We're both Capricorns. Oh, I think that's why we initially became friends because I am December 17th. Right, right. We have similar sun signs. I don't know what your rising and moon signs are, but... I don't know what any of that means. Uh, well, your rising sign, here's a little astrology lesson. A rising sign is how you appear to others okay. and like what, like first impressions and your moon sign is like your emotions. Ooh. So we could calculate that after the show. Yeah. Leave is that where like you need to know what time I was born? And yeah, like <laughs> in the city. It's funny because like websites are like what city slash village were you born and i'm like i love to say that i was born in the village of tokyo japan which is actually true you were I, born in japan yeah wow my dad um and my mom moved there with my sisters in oh my god 1995 1994 and they lived there for five years because my dad worked there and then i was born in the last year and then went back and no, I did not come out of the womb fluent in Japanese at all. So people always ask me if I'm Asian or if I'm Japanese. And when I say no, they ask me if my parents are. And then they kind of go down the line of like grandparents, great grandparents. And I just have to be like, no, no, no. That's very bizarre. And being that you don't have any Asian characteristics at all. So no. that's very peculiar. Um, <laughs> when you like, so the, the creative career for me is super new um, and it's got, a lot of highs and a lot of lows and it it takes time right so have you built in sort of like a timeline for how you like measure your success in your career because it could be something as quick as it changes tomorrow and it might take 10 years so how do you like sort of deal with like that sort of I'm still trying to figure it out to be yeah. completely honest I mean I have a lot of imposter syndrome and it's really hard for me to celebrate successes personally um when something really good happens i tend to just be like oh well it's probably a fluke or i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and i'm trying not to do that anymore yeah. so yeah i mean my goal for right now is to find a flexible part-time job that works with auditioning that is something i'm passionate in mm -hmm. because the last thing i want to do is like be miserable yeah. while participating in this soul-sucking career yeah right so yeah and I'm trying to just be easier on myself and like I know my position in life is going to be different than so many other people's and just you know not giving myself a hard time because I'm only 23 I need to remind myself that um it was funny I was gonna say sorry it it it, it, you are young and it is surprising to hear that you have imposter syndrome at a young age bef like almost before anything started so I feel like it's happened I mean it's been like that for a while to be honest um you know it's weird to say like I'm an actor you know and it's like oh like what have you done and it's like oh well I don't know. I studied theater in college. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the first pep talks. Um, my actual classical um, text professor, Troy Dwyer, he's amazing. I love him. If you're listening to this, Troy, I love you. But anyway, um, he, my freshman year, I remember sitting in the auditorium of one of the theaters and he was giving this talk being like, no matter what, you're an actor. If you want to do this as a career, if you're studying for it, you have you are able to call yourself an actor because mm -hmm. that's what you are. Yeah. Even if you're not doing anything, even if you're just auditioning, like you're still an actor and nobody can take that away from you. 
That's important. Yeah. And I was sitting there bright eyed being like, wow, I have the rest of my life to be this thing. (laughs) Well, I think that's like very important contextually because like before I had any semblance of a photography career, I was calling myself a photographer. Yeah. I think that is like equal parts manifestation and then equal parts like being pragmatic about the fact that if you're not putting out what you are or what you're doing, you're never going to have it. Absolutely. It's funny. Um, I was going to mention before you talk about like success and, you know, having expectations of yourself. I found the other day, I guess I had a writing assignment in elementary school where you had to write your autobiography (laughs) and I was like 10. Yeah. So it's like, how am I supposed to know what's going to happen? So reading that was like a whirlwind. I apparently got an Oscar at 25. Wow. Let's hope. I mean, (laughs) yeah, really. So easy. (laughs) Um, Hollywood, where are you? But, um, yeah, that happened. Um, I married a man in the army. Okay. Um, yeah, not sure if I want to do that now, but <laughs> I'm not even thinking about it. Um, You're a little young to worry about oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had like twins, okay. one of which was named Hector. Okay. I literally cannot tell. I think I wanted to name my kid Bruce for the longest time. <laughs> because I, of Finding Nemo? <laughs> like. I guess so. And Jaws. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. <laughs> no, wait, that's, that's the turtle. No, Bruce br- is the shark. Yeah, Bruce is the shark. Right. You sounded like the stone turtle. For I was a trying second. to do like the fish all friends. Bruce. Yeah. Fish are friends, not food. Um, you know, actually, the shark in Jaws is named Bruce. Didn't know that. I guess it's just a common stereotype for sharks. Yeah. We should end that. Yeah. Name it like Bob or something. Or, or Clifford. Like, yeah. Or like names for people we hate. So I call every shark Madonna. Madonna. You hate Madonna? Yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, she's just like a horrible human being, I feel like. And she oh. just sold an NFT for like $350,000 of a tree being birthed out of her vagina. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really not updated in the Madonna drama, but... Yeah, she's just so fucking weird human being. Right. But I digress. Well, Madonna, if you're listening to this, then... Yeah, she's definitely listening. Turn turn it off, Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> she's for sure a uh, active subscriber and, and commenter. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you have like so much to look forward to in your life what what fears do you have in terms of your career in terms of like the next five years of let me just pull out my long list (laughs) well fears i mean i mean if we're being very existential and like deep i think recently just the development of the world um it's fair i'm not worried about like abortion but like you know i'd like to think that i have the option yeah well we live in states that should be fine yeah but you know which is a horrible thing to have to say but it's like but it's also just people in general like i it's just so frustrating that we live in this world where i feel like we're just turning back time and not even for good reasons no like you know we could be i just remember like as a kid, I loved going to Cheeburger Cheeburger because I loved like the 80s vibe and aesthetic. Like that's yeah. what we should be going back to. Yeah. Like we should go back to those cool cars and like songs. But no, we got to go back and be racist and all that. Like yeah. I don't want that. No, I, I listen. I give you a lot of credit because when I was 23, I was very much not focused on anything that was going on in the world. So like to consider like fearful about like what's going on in society at a young age, I think is is an incredible sort of feather in your cap. So like kudos to you. Thanks. Um, but it is like, it's an exhausting time to be alive. Because I feel like you're we just, have to be aware. That's yeah. the problem. Like, sure, you can choose not to, but everything is being thrown in our face. And, you know, like seeing, like we're desensitized to it at this point. Yeah. All of the news about the shootings and stuff, it's awful to say, but it's happened so much that we're all desensitized. We know that it's a bad thing and we know that it's, you know, quote, racially motivated, unquote, when really it's a bunch of white supremacists. But well, it's, it always is, right? Yeah. But it's just, it's so difficult, you know, like another day, another dollar, another day, another shooting. Like that should not be the way we live. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's just like uh, I have a reoccurring thought on Twitter and it's just like we live in the most exhausting time to be alive because we're constantly inundated with bad news, right? Literally. The news I don't watch because it'll be an hour long program. 58 minutes of it will be like this shooting, this mass murder, 
this abortion thing, like all the stuff that's just going to like stress you out and make you miserable. And then, oh, a dog found his, you know, family after they moved 300 yeah. miles away. It's like, oh, cool. That was why I watched the news to yeah. just feel be like fear mongered. Um, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, I don't really I try not to watch the news a lot. I tend to watch a lot of similar shows, not like from to the news, but um, I watch the same shows over and over again, just for some sort of sense of normalcy. <laughs> SpongeBob, yeah. SpongeBob yeah. you know, The Office, Arrested Development, like fun, easygoing stuff that is like, oh, well, that's not happening. Yeah, no, I, I totally appreciate that. Um, you mentioned imposter syndrome. Uh, you work in, well, you're trying to enter a very competitive career. <laughs> yep. um, how do you deal with confidence issues? Because I would imagine, you know, when you have successful auditions for things like Gossip Girl and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, that was not an audition. You when just you apply have, online. <laughs> when you have successful opportunities that come to you, that's got to make you feel good, right? You get this opportunity, you do it, and I'm like, oh, I fucking did that. Um, but there is a constant amount of rejection in your industry, and I'm just sort of curious how you sort of deal with that. It's really hard. Um, it's really hard when you're also anxious a lot and depressed a lot. And, um, you know, it hasn't been easy. Um, you know, I've had people ask me, like, if it makes you so anxious, why do you do it? And it goes back to the classic answer of like, but I love it. Like, it's what I'm supposed to do. Um, it goes also back to, you know, really making sure that you're celebrating your accomplishments. And I've had a lot of trouble with that you know you say you say that it should make me feel good that I'm on these shows and being like wow I did that but a lot of the time you know you said oh you auditioned for it and I immediately was like nope you just apply like anyone could Let's do belittling it your, like I mean not anyone can do it right because you do have to get picked yeah I mean exactly and that's something I'm working on you know um it's it's definitely hard the rejection is a lot but I think as you go forward, you develop sort of a tougher skin and you learn, you know, it's not personal. And mm -hmm. sometimes it is. Sometimes like people will look at me and be like, oh, she's too tall. Like, fine. Right. They're lost. Or your hair is too curly. My hair is too curly. Or she wears glasses, which is really frustrating on its own. But, you, you know. You can wear contacts. Well, I recently started wearing contacts for one eye because I'm legally blind. So if there was a musical about me, it would be legally blind, except <laughs> I'm a brunette Jewish girl that could not get into Harvard. Maybe like walking around the campus, but like admitted, no. <laughs> so I think you should write that. Oh, that sounds great. Lord, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll like parody all the songs. So yeah. I don't even know. I'm like trying to find a good pun. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so for the longest time, it's been like an uphill battle with contacts because first of all, they're impossible to put in. Yeah. Everyone. I, mean, I wear glasses. So yeah. I mean, it's easier. Also, like I remember when I got contacts and the lady was like, this is how you do it. And she did it in like two seconds. I swear it took me like 30 minutes and I was just sitting there poking my eye and this woman was giving me this look as if like, come on, I, I hate help. this job already. <laughs> You're making it so much worse. And like I kept apologizing and she's like, let's try this method. It was like, oh my God, it was rough. But um, I wasn't allowed to wear contacts because I had surgery when I was like six months old because oh, wow. I had cataract surgery. At six months? Yeah. I was like one of the, you know, I guess feather in my cap, one yeah. of the youngest people to get cataract surgery. That's impressive. So I'm like Benjamin Button over here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, you know, they didn't want me to go blind in another eye or legally blind in another eye. So they're like, hey, we need you to have this barrier. Like, I wore glasses when I was little, mm -hmm. and my grandma would always make a joke that when people would ask me, like, oh, does she have glasses for? Like, at six months, she'd be like, oh, for reading. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's got to be hard, though, right? Because, like, in an industry where it is very much visual as much as talent, that's got to, like, give, you know, like, give you anxiety, like you said. Yeah. I mean, it's less about anxiety and I think more frustration about the fact that, like, I think about 90s movies with Princess Diaries and she's all that where the girl takes off her glasses and straightens her hair and oh my god she's pretty now. Yeah. I was a camp counselor um, at my sleepaway camp which I love but one of the kids one time I think I was just you know existing and mm -hmm. I had curly hair I have curly hair and glasses and she said 10 year old was like 
hey, you look like Mia Thermopolis before she got pretty. <laughs> Is that from Princess Bride, right? Uh, Princess Diaries. Uh, Princess Diaries, right, 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 yeah. So, oh my God. If only it was from Princess Bride, except yeah. I think I would be the marriage is what brings <laughs> us together character. <laughs> they wouldn't let me be the princess. Not then. All right. Well, Maybe fine. now. We'll see. But, you know, it's frustrating that, like, that's the standard. You know, if you have glasses and curly hair, you're not pretty. You're the thing that needs to be fixed. And I think one of the really fun things i love about spongebob is that princess mindy in the spongebob movie wears glasses yeah like there's no disney princess that wears glasses yet or i don't know a jewish disney princess like i'm waiting i'm waiting for her come on pixar get on this shit exactly (laughs) mindy's the closest thing i have to a glasses wearing princess and she's a mermaid so that's not even realistic but you know what's funny i i guess i never thought about that like uh, being that I'm not a female, but there are there's not very much inclusivity from a Disney princess perspective. And if you're a young girl growing up watching these movies and you don't see yourself, that's got to be difficult. It's so toxic. I mean, yeah. I'm lucky in the sense that like I am a white woman and I, you know, they're constantly being represented. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's the same thing with like princes. Like I don't know a prince that wears glasses, or yeah. you talk about. Um, you know, like the nerd stereotype and the goofball stereotype, which honestly, when I was little, I kind of wanted to be that. Yeah. So I've well, never... Well, you are very much goofy. I mean, it's why we're I was friends. like a nerd? <laughs> you make me laugh. No, I mean... I, I mean, no. both. Why yeah. not? Yeah, sure. But yeah, you make me laugh a lot. So I could think that's why I became friends. But like, is that like the, you know, is that the, the quote unquote character that you wanted to play? Or is that like how you feel most home? Is the question, right? I think it's both. I mean, I love being a goofy, funny character, and I think I'm very at home with it because I love making people laugh sometimes if it's to my own detriment. Like, it's not great, but, um, you know, when I was, like, in high school, I think a big thing was making um, self-deprecating jokes, and I still do it from time to time, but I think I really harped on it a lot then because it was, like, if I could make people laugh, that'll make me feel good, even if it's about me. Yeah, like, well, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's tough. You know, I, I've had this irrational confidence in myself from a young age, whether it is like aesthetically, I think I'm like very comfortable in my own skin or whatever I will do in life, I'll be successful. And it wasn't until the, the really the pandemic when I lost my job where like I sort of lost you know uh, a sense of who I was and like my place in the world mm-hmm. it was a very uh off-putting sort of like knock me off my axis sort of feeling um because when I was in my 20s I knew like or I thought I knew who I was and I thought I knew what I wanted obviously with the benefit of therapy and and you know learning a lot about myself mm-hmm. you know I realized I was doing things for the benefit of others and not myself right um but yeah it, it's uh it's one of those things where I've always felt incredibly comfortable in my own skin and um, I think one of the things that you learn as you get older is that continues to grow as yeah. you get older. So like the, the good news is, is wherever this career takes you, you'll be feeling much more confident in yourself as you get older because you just start growing into like the the feeling of being safe and like, you know, calm in who you are. Yeah, I think honestly, it's good. It's it's hard because you know, if you have too much confidence, you're egotistical and you're a narcissist. But I think it honestly is good to have that bit of confidence, especially, you know, in high school and college in your 20s. Like, it's just, I don't even know, you know, I think the thing that trips people up is like being humble, you know? Oh, yeah. So I think that's like the nest. If you're going to be confident, you need to be humble and you need to be supportive of others. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not going to be about you all the time. And if you need, like, if you want to be hyped up just for the sake of yourself, like, talk to your mom or something, like, <laughs> or just or just be straight up and ask for it, you know? My friends and I talk to each other, and we're like, hey, I'm having a bad day. Like, can you hype me up? And we'll just send voice memos being like, you go, bitch. You're the <laughs> baddest bitch in the entire world. Like, hell yeah, I support you. And, like, that's fine, and that's okay, and you can ask for help. It's It's when you're, like, fishing for those compliments by being, like, Oh, I look terrible. Like, uh, not even. I mean, when someone's like, 
no, you're beautiful. And you're like, oh, really? Like, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, this old thing. Like, <laughs> you know, and I like obviously make it a bigger deal and uh, over exaggerate. But well, I think it's nice to have friends like that. Like, you know, I will say I've got a very good group of guy friends that I've been friends with for an unfortunately long period of time now. Unfortunately? I think. Well, I mean, it's just because I'm old. Right. So I've like had the best like a, a group of guy friends that I've been with friends with for over 20 years now, right. which is just like a crazy long period of time. But like, I don't know that I would ever say to them, hey, like, I'm not feeling confident or I'm the ability to be. I tell my friends all the time that I love them and I'm here for them. And like, you need something, call me. You need to talk about something, call me. Because a lot of times it could feel like you don't have the ability to be vulnerable about the things that you're thinking or feeling. So that's got to be nice to be able to be vulnerable with people who aren't necessarily your family. Yeah, I mean, it's not everyone. I think I have like a couple like maybe two to three four and that's even like you know that's more than enough all you need is like one person to be really really comfortable with um and I agree I've always been sort of the like if you need anything I'm here I'm always here for you type thing but you know I think recently especially when it comes to like friends that aren't necessarily good friends or sort of toxic and soul-sucking you need to put yourself first and that's been a really hard lesson to learn but you it know. gets easier as you get older. Yeah, of course. And like I'm learning that now and I feel like, you know, unfortunately I've had to cut toxic people out of my life, you know, throughout my life. And it's so relieving and the difference between how happy I am now versus how happy I was then is just astounding. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it does get easier as you get older because... You start realizing that the people who take up time in your life have to have a place there, right? Mm -hmm. You can't spend energy on people that are not going to reciprocate that energy back to you, right? Yeah. And that's not something that you know in your early 20s. You really don't. But it's like having that ability to understand someone's place in your life long term at a young age, crucial. You save yourself a lot of headaches over the next oh, literally. five to 10 years. I know. Nothing that Advil couldn't help, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... It's also thinking your thinking of yourself as a main character rather than a side character. And that's oh. also something that I've had trouble with. But I feel like, you know, I've been doing a lot of writing just for fun. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's I had like a period. fiction or personal like writing. I think now it's kind of both. Yeah. Um, it used to be like fan fiction, which I'm not getting into because <laughs> no one I'm taking that to my grave. The fact that I even mentioned it is yeah. hilarious in itself. But we'll cut that. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, but um, warts and all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it's been a really nice outlet. And like, just to, you know, write down my crazy cynical thoughts. And I've been doing a lot of screenwriting, um, especially about post-grad. Mm -hmm. I've been like, I have some situations where I'm like, this is literally like, what would happen in this film? And like, what would it be like if it was like this? So it's it's really fun and interesting and making myself that character and just being like okay well how can i take this what happened in my life and put it on paper well it's nice when you don't necessarily recognize yourself in like cinema or in tv shows to sort of create your own thing right Absolutely. like making your own story around like the person that you are and how you identify to like you know, hey, the, you don't have to be, you know, the captain of the football team to have a movie yeah, made about really. it. Yeah, right? I don't think I'm ever going to be a captain <laughs> of the football team with Maybe my the dance arms. team. But like, you you know, you <laughs> mentioned she's all that. It's like one of those things, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been, I feel like, like New Girl, I feel like it's very refreshing Favorite to see that. Favorite show. I loved it. Yeah, we, I mean, we yeah. bonded about I'm this. pretty sure I told you to watch it. I feel like, I know you I might have joked. But no, like, you didn't. I've seen it before I even met you. I, I know. You just, I just want the credit. I do. It's literally my... I watched rewatch that show more now than ever. It's just so... I mean, well, fucking if I Winnie the Bish. Again, Winnie the Bish. It's just the best show. If yeah. I rewatch it again, it'll be because of you. So Thank you can you. get that clout. I proved that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an influencer for New Girl and New Girl Only. <laughs> new Girl and New Girl Only. Honestly, yeah. I love... All the characters are just so good. Winston! Like yeah, Winnie the Bish. Winnie the Bish. Oh, I was and trying Schmidt. to do a Schmidt impression. Yeah. It did not work. Winston, Winston, <laughs> where are my driving moccasins? Like it's so good. That no, no, <laughs> so good. A white man. No, <laughs> so good. Um, so you're like sort of on the on the precipice of like life, right? Like, and I mean that in the general sense of like, you're done with college, and now is when like all the fun sort of starts. 
um, in a career that measures success by like accolades and by, you know, social media and like followers and all that shit. I have two questions for like, what is your biggest dream? And also like, how will you measure success if it doesn't include like a gold statue at 25? (laughs) Well, I'm already not counting on that. So that's easy. Um, My ultimate dream, and I feel like I say this at every interview, I want to be, and I know it's like physically impossible because I can't be her and I'm myself, but that's like better in a sense. I want to be like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Okay. I think she's absolutely hysterical. She's 5'10", so like me too. Are you? Um, Yeah. I don't know. If I'm six feet, I'm saying I'm 5'10". I hope I'm not six feet, but anyway. um, (laughs) She's hysterical. Fleabag is... I love Fleabag and crashing, and she's just so authentically herself and hilarious, and the biggest dream is to not only be that, but also just writing and creating and starring kind of like Lin-Manuel Miranda but like not a meme yeah. um, <laughs> at this point or like Issa Rae like yeah taking stuff from your life and being a showrunner and uh creating and like wearing all those different hats and starring in it and you know I'd love to win an Emmy or whatever but you know I'm not I'm not holding myself to it that's because cool. it's hard yeah and you know I think the biggest thing for um success and like measuring that is just being happy oh with yeah oof which is hard because it's you know i'm are you happy a deep question um i want to say yes and no it's hard yeah well it's multi-layered it's It's very very multi-layered um you know it also depends on the day today i felt really happy yeah i don't know i just like driving and I love driving. I think just, you know, having that time alone in the car for however hours. I mean, it was only in an hour and a half, but, you know, I was able to like sing and talk to myself like a lunatic on the road. <laughs> and people, I'm sure, looked at me and were like, what the fuck is she doing? But it's happened before. It's fine. Um, but I was like, what were we talking about? Being happy. All yeah. right. That that thing. Um, having a purpose. And if I feel purposeful, then... I'll feel happy. Do you know what your purpose is? No. Yeah. Like, so that's which gotta... is like, how am I supposed to know? Yeah. But I feel like my purpose today is coming here, being on the podcast, hanging out with you, taking some photos, you know? Mm-hmm. Like. It doesn't have to be like the purpose. It no. is just the daily purpose. Just having, having something to do. Yeah. So. That... Well, it's easy. Be- I mean, it's like not easy, right? Because at the end of the day, you have a job that can consist of going weeks without doing anything, right? Without auditioning, without doing actual the job of acting. So that's got, yeah. I feel like recently though, and I've like been seeing posts about this, like whatever you're doing even if it's small, it's one step closer to your dream. Ooh, love that. I love that, right? Yeah. So even like sitting on the train, getting a COVID test for this background work or going to an audition that may not on like may not even work out, it's one step closer to your dream. 100%. And I I go through the same sort of thing, right? Because you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm not even 2 years into this career, right? Oh, I've I been, thought you were like 10 years on. Oh God, like... thank you so much. <laughs> I greatly appreciate that. No, I lost my job in August of 2020. So it's not even 2 full years yet that I've been doing this. What were you doing before then, if you don't mind me asking? So, I worked f- in many sales jobs uh for a long time in March of 2020, I took a job with a real estate development company. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, it was just like one of those examples of it was everything that I thought I wanted. March that, of 2020, yeah, the beginning of the end. Yeah. So my first day was in the office. My second day was in Texas. My third day was in the office. And our fourth day, we went remote. <gasps> wow. So, yeah. So it was like one of those. I think when, when I look back at it now, I have just such fond uh, sort of feelings towards it because it made me realize what I wanted out of my life. Like, yeah. I, I, unapologetically failed miserably at this job. I was also going through a lot at the time. I was Mm -hmm. incredibly anxious. I was dealing with depression. I had like a a crazy like girl situation that was going on. And like all of these things were compounding. Meanwhile, the world was on fire, right? The pandemic, like people sort of forget because we're two years out of it. Like 
there were times in March and April where it felt like everything was going to end. Like, oh, yeah. there was no food in the food store. There was like... The toilet paper? Oh, my thing? God. Yeah, it was just like one thing after another. So I think being in a new environment at home, mm-hmm. anxious, I just failed, right? Yeah. Like, I just didn't do the job well. I didn't get an opportunity to get trained because we weren't in the office, right? So like the learning curve of what was supposed to be like a two-year on-ramp for the job... Basically, after six months, they were like, we don't have the luxury of being able to bring you along. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Like, they, with the benefit of an amazing severance package that they gave me, which was very nice, mm-hmm. um, I packed my car and I drove around the U.S. for like 30 days. Oh, wow. Yeah, 6,600 miles. That's awesome. I shot like a million rolls of film. And like, I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, like, yeah. I get, not often in life are you given sort of this opportunity to take a breath and mm-hmm. like figure out what's important to you. Yeah. Um. I I feel both fortunate and sad that it came so, I don't want to say quote unquote so late in life, but at 36 or 34 at the time, right? It's like, I would have loved to, one of the reoccurring themes on the show is like, could 25 year old John have learned what 35 year old John knows? Yeah. And my answer is unequivocally no, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to live life to be able to understand the things that you want, don't want, what makes you happy, what makes you sad, what builds you up. And for me, when I lost my job and I had no sense of identity and no sense of self, it gave me an opportunity to figure out what it was I want. And now I'm living that life. Yeah. I mean, it's so like, I know we joke about you being old, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, in reality, you're, you're not old. Just a baby. Just a baby. <laughs> oh my God. I do this voice with my cat and everyone makes fun of me for it. I'm like, the baby. <laughs> I, it was a TikTok thing, but yeah. Oh, well, I like to say that I've done it first. Yeah. It's funny. I actually wrote a tweet that was like, I've been calling my cat DaBaby since before DaBaby's DaBaby. career. Yeah. Does that make me homophobic? Like, I hope not because no. DaBaby is very homophobic. I is meant it? it as a joke. Yeah. Oh, didn't know that. That's why he's canceled. Oh, okay. I thought he got arrested or something. Probably both. I don't okay. know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big rap fan, although the new Kendrick Lamar album is really great. Um, But yeah, I just don't, I, you know, yeah. Anyway. I, I don't think I'm old, right? Yeah. I, I do at times feel old, right? Like physically. Yeah. Like I've got a bruise on my leg. Like, I don't know if you can see it. It's massive. It is like huge. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I didn't do anything. Either it's a bruise or like a tuft of hair. I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, what the fuck did I do? Oh, did yeah. The, I mean, I get that too. I know. But, you know, I think. I guess it's different. Yeah, right. So I was like, yeah, no, I'm not old, right? And uh, there are times where I feel physically old. But like in the grand scheme of my life, like I hope I got 50 more years in me. Oh, right? absolutely. I mean, you know, there's such a stigma around turning 30. And like oh, yeah. both of my sisters are 30 or 33. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm 30. I got to start writing my will. Like, no, yeah. you don't have to. <laughs> you know, the I had a, a, a gentleman on my podcast that dropped yesterday, Albert Cooper. He's 86 years old. Oh, he wow. was a lifetime photographer from, you know, a very young age through now, you mm-hmm. know, and he knew when he was very young that he wanted to take pictures. But at the end of the day, like I didn't, <clears throat> but I do now. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to spend every waking moment I have for the rest of my life taking pictures because it's the thing yeah. that I love. So if you could f- discover that at 15 or 55, it's not too late. Of course. I mean, what was it? You talked earlier about, um, you know, change and like, would 25 year old John know that this is what would save his life, you know? And it's funny, I talk a lot about who I was freshman year versus who I am now. And sometimes I just wish I could just drop kick freshman <laughs> year Dahlia because she was just so naive and yeah. had so many expectations about college and relationships and, you know, expectations that aren't, you know, some of which aren't going to be filled. And that's okay, you know? And it's just it's interesting to see like that life develop and it's funny because i'm actually like walking the stage and graduating sunday oh wow so it's like i'm closing that chapter of that book and i'm gonna put the book on the shelf and i'm not gonna look at it for like 30 years and then i'll take it out and be like all right this has so much dust on it but like let's take a peek and see what happened then you know yeah you know there's a lot of pressure being young right? Absolutely. There's pressure to figure out who you are. There's pressure to be in relationships. There's pressure to have success, right? And it's all compounded by social media and like the idea of FOMO because like Mm -hmm. Joey from schools in Fiji, I'm sitting on Long Island, not doing anything, right? So it's like, it's, there's all this like perceived 
thought that everyone's doing something so much better than me when the reality is Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of your own timeline it's also like the stigma of staying home and living with your parents like i you know i graduated college in december i am still living at home and like who knows when i'll leave and there's you know i feel like there's a little bit of pressure for me to like get up out of there but i'm making this decision for myself and i know if i leave now like Sure, I maybe have like a couple months, but I don't have enough to like sustain myself for the rest of my life. Let me let you in on a big secret. Yes, please. Don't rush out of your parents' house. Oh, yeah, no. First of all, rent prices are fucking astronomical. If you could see what I'm paying for this shoebox you're currently sitting in. It's um, nice, though. (laughs) Thanks. Um, But yeah, so like I lived with my parents for a very long time. Mm -hmm. The thought process was right up until about 2020. Um, that I was going to buy my parents' house and we were going to live there forever, put a little addition on and, right. and such. And then like, you know, best laid plans. That's not what happened. Um, at the end of the day, do what's right for you. Absolutely. And I'm still, you know, once again, a lesson I'm learning is going at my own pace. I, it's funny. Um, <laughs> my mom made this joke. I feel like I've been delayed in some stuff. Um, you know, when it comes to doing things even like simple things like driving it takes me a little bit because I need to do it at my own time so I failed my first driver's test and you know when I was 17 I literally thought that was the end of the world and I still have a very big fear of failure but you know I was 20 and my driver's license or my permit was about to expire and I was like there's no way I'm getting this again like I need to just get my license and so, like, that pushed me to do it. And now I'm driving to New York, New Jersey or, you know, New York City or whatever. And, you know, it's funny when school got pushed to online and I decided to take the semester off and graduate in the fall instead of last spring. My mom is like, well, I mean, this is a little delayed, too. Like, I guess it's just a, you know, a pattern. Dahlia time. Yeah, exactly. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I think it's crucial that you're cognizant of that. Yeah. Like at at 23, Mm -hmm. I was, well, I need a girlfriend because I got to be married by 25 or, you know, like there are always these inherent pressures at a young age to do something by a certain time period, whether it's graduate in a certain period of time so you can get a certain job so that at 25 you could be making a certain amount of money so that you own your own home and you're married by 30 there are all of those inherent societal pressures so for you to be understanding of the fact that there is no timeline for you that is going to serve you tremendously in the I future mean, yeah i mean listen i'm still a little cognizant of there is somewhat of a timeline you know i would like not to have kids right now. Oh, my God. I literally hear stuff about, like, 21-year-olds, 22, 23, 24. Like, even on reality TV show, like, having kids, and I'm, like, white-knuckling the seat. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how? I mean, I feel that way at 36, so of you're course. preaching to and the like, choir. <laughs> that's so valid. And I don't even know. I mean. There are society pressures to do certain things at certain points in your life. But yeah. if you don't buy into that and you go about living your life the way you want with your intent you'll be successful. It's funny because I feel like it's so like ironic or contradictory that like I will be aware of this logically, but I will feel the need to compare myself to others and be like, oh, well, this person is doing this and I'm doing that. So it's like... Well, that's social media. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mind over heart or whatever. And, you know, I... (laughs) I love trashy reality TV shows and my mom is sometimes subjected to it because I'll watch them in the living room. But (laughs) the most recent one that I saw was the ultimatum, which is like hosted by the Lachey's, which also did love is blind. And I'm like 99% sure that these two people just pilot shows that are destined to fail, like Mm -hmm. experiments that are destined to fail for our own enjoyment, which like, thank you because it really does make me feel good about myself. I agree. But you know, there are these like 24 year olds that are like, I need my boyfriend to propose right now or else I'm leaving. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, can you imagine? No. And like, how the fuck do you know what you want to have at 24 when most people don't know what they want to have at 34? Exactly. And like, listen, if you want to have a kid at 24, like props to you, like you do whatever you want. But it's so it's just interesting. Like, you know, you asked me about like, my personal goals and career because I have somewhat of a vision for it. But like you also need to make room to know that 
life is going to throw some curveballs and Fuck things yeah. are going to change. And sometimes I'm a little worried about that. You know, I have this idea that like, what if I, what if there's a point where I don't want to do acting anymore and I quit? Like, that's will okay. that make, that's okay. But you know, I still have those little thoughts of like, does that make me a failure? Cause I'm trying. Sure. And then I like, sure. D- it but I couldn't he, happen. The, you know, the biggest thing that drives me crazy is this belief that failure is a bad thing. Yeah. Failure sucks, right? Yeah. Like nobody goes into something saying, Hey, I want to do this and fail miserably at it. Obviously mm-hmm. nobody says that, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with failure. It's no. going for something that you want and not getting it. How many people are 100% successful in their life? Absolutely. Absolutely nobody. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there are people who are inherently successful, but I'm sure they've failed along the way, right? Like, oh, yeah. Success happens after you fail a million times. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, like, give yourself space to learn and live and understand that you might not win a fucking Emmy, right? Yeah, exactly. But and that doesn't make you a failure. It no, just makes you not successful in this one thing. Of course. And I mean, even so, like, listen, there's like a small percentage of people that do win Emmys and yeah. like that doesn't define your career. And like, I remember I was abroad and like one of the first conversations we all had was about failure. And, you know, we've all come to the realization that um, everyone's definition of failure is different. So is everybody's definition of success. And so is everybody's definition of love, you know? Ooh, yeah. Like, it's so interesting. There's this stigma and there's this, like, weird nervous energy or, like, pressure about failure and success or even love. And it's like, we don't even know how to define it. Yeah, you know what it is? And the the... What it really boils down to, in my opinion, is that that fear of failure and that fear of like not succeeding in life and love and a career and everything, personally, I believe is driven by social media. Right? Absolutely. Because I can't post online, hey, I just shot the cover of Vogue, I'm a failure, right? Or mm-hmm. if it's like, because I don't have a significant other to flaunt on social media, I'm a failure in love, right? But that's bullshit. That's yeah. not actually true. There are tens of millions of people who are going through life the exact same way, and but they probably don't think themselves as failures. Yeah. It's just because we believe that because we see something scrolling on our phone, that makes it a fact of life. It's fake. Oh my God. <laughs> you know the amount of pictures I have of myself crying that I like don't post? Like I'll Please do. I'll, I don't think but that's real and it I, is real yeah i mean like so twitter has become a, a pretty cool space for photographers and artists lately which i find incredibly satisfying because it's my favorite social media but i've been able to like sort of cultivate this this community of friends online in the space and the vulnerability that everyone shows in this space is wonderful. But the truth is people don't show vulnerability. We talked yeah. about this earlier. Mm-hmm. You crying on a daily basis or whatever <laughs> is so true. But like so you true. you won't show, you won't tell because that would no. that would cause you to be vulnerable to people. I mean, it's funny. I used to think that I was a very not like closed off, but I used to think that I had walls up and it was like so hard for me to open up and now I'm like all right, what do you want to know? Like uh, this up on trauma, or hey, like the young the young years. Like I got to be honest, that is that is going to be crucial to you long term, and it's incredible because at twenty three, twenty five, I was not open about anything. I like I was the most closed off. People saw what I wanted them to see. People mm-hmm. like impression of me was very pertinent to the the persona that I wanted people to have. It was very much not tied into the reality of how I was feeling, how I was thinking, and and what I sort of felt like I was doing in life. It's hard, though, because, you know, I feel like going back to that main character versus side character issue, it's I feel like throughout life a lot, and I'm still learning this, you need, like, I felt like I needed permission to open up or permission to talk about myself Mm -hmm. and because I've been in like one-sided relationships where you know dating wise you mean no like friendship wise I don't have a lot of dating experience (laughs) but like you know that's another thing I'm figuring out um that's okay yeah no I'm listen I could care less I don't care good like there are times where I'm like oh a boyfriend would be nice and then I'm like ah commitment but um (laughs) (laughs) that's like everyone but yeah anyway um with friendships, you know, and it's about like cutting those toxic people out of the, your life and realizing that you don't need permission to feel things or you don't need permission to talk about yourself. And like, yes, you should listen and actively listen and 
let other people talk because they also have amazing things to say and celebrate. But, you know, make sure that you're doing what's best for you as well. Yeah. I mean, that's very, very smart for a very, very young human being. Thank you. I I feel very thankful for, like, my mom. Um, I would like to thank my mom. <laughs> so you're already practicing. I know. <laughs> well, she, she was like, you better thank me or else... I'm going to disown you. She didn't say that. But anyway. Um, I, I think that's fair. My mom is very emotionally mature and just so, um, oh my God, what's articulate. And, you know, she just is such a good person. And like, it feel, it's very biased because, you know, she's my mom. Sure. But I see the work that she does. Like she is currently working at a Holocaust Memorial and Tolerance Center and she's not getting paid, but she works so hard mm -hmm. and she deeply cares about the mission and the people there and the survivors that she'll interview and like the children that she's teaching tolerance to or, you know, the Holocaust. But it's just, and she's so like, she recognizes the good qualities in me, but she also recognizes the realistic things. And I'm so thankful for that because it makes me aware of like stuff I could be better about. Yeah. Well, that's I, nice. I mean, like whether that's a parent, a friend, brother, sister, being able to have like open and raw conversations about who you are and, and like how you can better yourself is crucial. Yeah. I mean, my mom and I have been like super close since I was little. I mean, like, is that because you're you're the youngest you think yeah i mean it's hard my parents are divorced mm -hmm. my dad lives in hong kong oh wow so yeah he lives in hong kong and he's moving to japan i think so and especially with covid he's actually coming in tomorrow and i haven't seen him in like two and a half years because of covid wow i mean i've seen him on the phone but yeah so with my mom like i've spent a lot of time with her and i've gotten that like close-knit relationship and I've never really had any problems with her. You know, I've never really had any growing pains. I always felt like she was someone I could turn to when things get rough or just be honest about. And I am very thankful for that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, the I think one of the great cheat codes in life is understanding emotional intelligence. And like as you're able to get older, your ability to recognize how you feel from an emotional standpoint is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd say it's a cheat code because if you have the emotional intelligence to understand how you're feeling in a certain situation and you can articulate that to another person, it will serve you massive dividends throughout your life because you will know what you're putting out and what you're wanting in return. And I think a lot of times people spend you know, a lot of their life sort of going through without understanding what's important inside. And you're, you're more reactionary than like coming from it from a place where you know yourself to be like a certain way. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see like the different lessons that you can take from people. Yeah. So like with my mom, it's very much emotional intelligence with my dad. It's you need 500 connections on LinkedIn, you know, yeah. so it's interesting and then with my sisters it's um you know being persistent and resilient and chasing after your dream but also making sure you have fun and a social life and making sure you're happy and yeah. you know being here it's you know life is gonna throw you some curveballs but that might be for the better and change is good and totally because like, you seem it looks like you seem really happy and like what you've been saying to me, like it sounds like you're living somewhat of a dream. I'm, I am living my best life. Exactly. Unequivocally. And that's like all we could ever want. Yeah. I think the important thing, if I was sitting in your side of the couch and I was like 23 years old, understanding that I'm on chapter like five of mm -hmm. my life and not chapter like, you know, 80 or whatever, yeah, right? It's really. so like understanding where you are in relation to your life is important. Right. Like I joke all the time, like I'm old, I'm old, I'm, old. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not even halfway through my story. Yeah. Right. So like if you're reading a book and you're not even halfway through yet, what are your thoughts? Like, oh, I got a lot more to read. Right. Yeah. So that's the way I look at my life. I am lucky to be here. I'm lucky to have this podcast. I'm lucky to be able to shoot people for a living like uh, photography. Not I not, was literally about to say, row. <laughs> yeah, row. Not, not great timing for that one. But oh, you understand what I'm saying? Like I, 
I'm lucky to have discovered the things that I love most in life. And I don't know that everyone has that. And like maybe some people do. But for me, it came super late. But I'm super thankful for that. It's only the beginning. Yeah. Um, I like to spend the last bit of every podcast doing sort of like a Q&A. Um, some are super easy. Some are a little bit more in depth. Oh, but goodness. my first one is, and this might be hard for you. What's your favorite movie? Oh, that is hard. Um, I have a bunch I guess some of my top favorite movies is, ugh, I'm such a child. I love the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> and I think it's especially um, accurate for right now. Not that I'm like going into like really dangerous parts of town and defeating monsters and getting a crown for some king. But, um, <laughs> you know, he, SpongeBob is very much treated as a kid. They say you're a kid. Like, you can't do this. You're a kid. And I think... Especially with like trying to go into the workforce, it's like, oh, this is an entry level position, but you need ten years of experience. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. You know, and people just kind of look down on the twenty three year old who just graduated because they're just a kid. Yeah. But you know, kids can do really, really cool things. Yeah. And like I start love trillion dollar companies. And yeah, and so there's that. I love Greta Gerwig. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. Like Greta, Greta fan club. Greta, if you hear this, please direct me. <laughs> like, I'll be an extra. I don't care. Um, like, I love Lady Bird. Yeah. I think it's just great, and it's offbeat, and it's just so funny and real. Um, what else? There's tons. I mean, I love Ari Aster too, like Hereditary and yeah, oh like my god, so fucked up. Yeah. Oh my god, I watched. Did I tell you that I watched both of those movies stoned? Oh my god, why? <laughs> why not? I mean, I watched Midsummer with my two sisters, and we were all high, and it was life changing. And then I watched Hereditary alone in my basement, stoned, and that was horrifying. Obviously, yeah. So like, never again. It's one of those things where like I appreciate it and I love it, but I can only watch once. Yeah. So Hereditary is so fucked up. I oh thought Midsommar God. was like a better film and Hereditary is just like, I'm going to freak you the fuck out the entire time. Yeah. Hereditary is horrifying. Midsommar is creepy. Yeah. And it's like, especially that daylight element where it's like, you think it's fine because it's in the sun. And it's nope. just such beautiful. It's so beautifully shot. Oh, like, yeah. He, he's a master at storytelling, even if it's like some of the most fucked up shit I've ever watched. Absolutely. He wrote like a really short film. And I don't remember what it's called, but it's the most popular one. And even that's like super fucked up. Yeah. That, that boy needs therapy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. But hey, he's making art. So <laughs> what's your favorite book? The Bible. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I was like, you're Jewish. But... <laughs> I know. <laughs> the Torah. Um, that's so hard. I feel like I haven't read a book in forever and I need to do that. Um, I think I've been getting into like memoirs lately of like entertainment people. And I feel like reading that has been super inspiring because I get to learn about their failures and like yeah. their success stories. So the one I really enjoyed the most was Anna Kendrick's Scrappy Little Nobody. Fuck, I love her so I much. I love her so oh, much. Dream She's, girl. Dream girl. She's the best. I, and she's dating Bill Hader, which I love. I love Bill Hader. I feel like it's a weird combination. I mean, they're like 20 years apart. Maybe not. Not even because of that. Yeah. I just like. But they're both very funny. I don't know. They're hilarious. I love Bill Hader. Um, if you want to talk about TV shows, Barry oh, so is good. absolutely amazing. I don't know if you're caught up. But not, I haven't started this season yet. Oh, it's good. It's really good. There's so much and so little happening at once. You yeah. know, it's, it's great storytelling. But um, I think I had a period of time where like The Catcher in the Rye was like my favorite book. I've got a copy of it over there. Yeah, I mean, I got one too. But like, I can't even tell you why. Like, I think I was like, this is a classic and I must be educated. So there's a couple books that I read every year. Catcher in the Rye being one of them. The Alchemist being another one of them. And I like to see the way they impact me differently mm. on a yearly basis because I think they're the kind of books that can give a clear indication of sort of how I'm feeling, right? Yeah. Like, so if I read The Catcher in a Rye and I feel super sad about it, maybe I'm not in the best headspace. If I look at it and I could read it sort of like in a positive light, even though it's an inherently negative book, mm -hmm. I think like th that gives me sort of a context for like how I'm feeling. I think I really like the relationships aspect, like Holden and all the people that he um, interacts with. And I haven't read it in a while, but like, was it Sally? Is that like the girl that like, I, don't know, I, I can't tell. But yeah. like one of those like romantic interactions, I really just enjoyed. 
you know, because he's very much a nihilist and yeah, like a phony, phony, phony. So it's interesting to see how that plays into all the different relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite food? Um, I and ramen food. And for a while, it was also milkshakes. <laughs> I but, like love that's milkshakes. not a food. <laughs> I, I mean, like, you could put everything I just listed into a milkshake, but that would be absolutely disgusting. Oh, no. So, not a fan of that, but yeah. Cool. Um, do you believe in an afterlife? Oh, my God. We literally went from zero to 100. That's the idea. Um, oh, God. Um, like, I don't know. Because, like, it's weird. I believe in heaven. I'm not sure if I believe in hell. Mm. It's either it's just blackness or you're actually just watching life from up there. Um, I'd like to believe that there's something more. There's something more than this (laughs) provincial life. Like, I'd like to think that there's something more. But also, like, you know, I think that reincarnation is real. And I like believing that because then it's like, okay, my soul is injected into this bumblebee or something or like a pebble well, that'd be not ideal but yeah i mean listen i would love to come back as a cat and my mom gives me shit for this constantly because she's like cats do nothing i'm like that's the point <laughs> they don't have to worry about taxes or the world Neither do you <laughs> not yet well, not yet but like they don't have to worry about their purpose they just sit around like my cat has been chilling on my beanbag for like days on end and i'm like that is what i want like that sounds like the high point of their life and that's fine with me (laughs) it's a very low bar (laughs) really (laughs) um what's the best piece of advice someone's ever given you um hmm. I have like a fake answer and a real answer. Give me both. So the fake one is when I was in elementary school and we, oh, I was on bus four, which was literally the cursed bus. <laughs> it caught on fire one time. Yeah. And we, we like, it started catching on fire when we were off the bus. But yeah, I rode home in a police car and wow. I got a Webkins, which this is the one thing I remember from that. But yeah, and it would break down constantly. But, um, We had this bus driver who every time we would stop for school and he would open the doors, he'd say, study hard and behave, which like true. Study hard, behave. A good attitude gets you a really long way. Um, And then I think for the more serious one most recently, and I'm sure there are so many others that I just am missing most recently has been one that my directing professor in college when I took it in the fall told me and it's it was a rule that we had in class and it was fuck articulation because there are sometimes things that are just impossible to say (laughs) and like you know you've heard me like trip over my words tons in this podcast but you know Take your time. That is also a big one, Mm -hmm. especially with articulation. Like if you are finding a way to articulate your thoughts, you know, you're allowed to take that deep breath. You're allowed to think. You're allowed to even just say what's on your mind in general. And hopefully it's the office quote. Like sometimes I just start talking and I have no idea where it's going to (laughs) go, but I hope it leads me somewhere. And, you know, sometimes you have to just ramble in order to get to that little nugget of truth. But um, and I think, yeah, so fuck articulation, but also take your time. And yeah. I think that's a big message right now. I think take your time is a, a really, a really important point. I think in a sort of tech world that we live in where read receipts and, you know, speed to respond is like put at a premium, mm-hmm. being able to take, you know, take a breath and like formulate the thing that you want to say, whether it is for a job, a significant other, a family member, whatever, whatever the context is, yeah, not rushing to respond oh, yeah. is a great lesson to learn. Also, nobody cares. That's a huge thing I'm learning right now. And I was thinking about this on the way over, like the perception you have of yourself versus everyone on you, like you're overthinking it dude nobody cares that much like Mm -hmm. congratulations on thinking that the world revolves around you but like yeah that also will make you miserable totally 
So nobody cares. It's a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, give yourself a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me a recommendation for something that you've recently consumed. Uh, it could be a podcast. It could be a movie, a TV show, a book. Uh, just something that you've recently watched or consumed that you'd like everyone to check out. Well, shout out to the Wrong Advice podcast. So if you're <laughs> listening to this now, you're doing a good job and continue to consume it. But um, hmm, recently consumed... I recently watched Heartstopper on Netflix and Mm -hmm. it is so adorable and just it's like about a queer love story between two boys in London and it's just so heartfelt and romantic and sweet and it's just like we need more of that you know and it's sad too because like you know there are some closeted people in the show and it's just sad and hard to see like them live through that life so i really recommend heartstopper it's a really cute like way to sort of distract yourself from all of the really really hard emotional sad things in life nice. so it'll make you think but it will also make you feel very warm i like that i uh, i recently watched candy on hulu oh, i haven't seen that what's that uh about? jessica beal um without giving too much away mm-hmm. it's fucking wild it's entirely too short i think it's only five or six episodes oh well um jessica beal is incredible mm-hmm. um so good it it was okay. I really liked it because she was so good on it. Right. I don't know if like, you know, it's hard to say that something that's only like five or six episodes is like great, but she is so good that it's like uh, if you saw Inventing Anna. Oh, Anna Delvey. Yeah. So like Jennifer. Run it again. Is her name Jennifer Garner? Yes. Jennifer Garner. Is that her name? Yeah. Weird. Wait. Julia. Julia. Yeah. She Jennifer is. Jennifer Garner someone else. Uh, yeah. It's Ben Affleck's ex. Yeah. I was right, like, that right. doesn't mean that's not right. Okay. Julia is incredible in that show. Oh my god. The show's not good. Like she yeah. is incredible. Yeah. The show itself is not great. Have you seen Ozark? Of course. She's incredible. She's phenomenal. We like my stepdad and I watch it together and we just finished yeah. like the whole thing and it's just wow. She yeah. gives an absolutely incredible performance. And I think that's sort of similar to Candy because Jessica Biel's so good. Mhm. But the show's not great. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, that's another thing. If we're talking about things that, like, keep us going, I love watching insanely talented people. Like, watching Ruth Langmore, her portray Ruth Langmore in Ozark makes me, like, wow. It's inspiring. Like, I want to be able to do something like that, or I want to be able to play a character like that, or just... You know, I remember I have a vivid memory when I watched bedtime stories with my mom and then I came out of the theater being like, I want to make a hotel that's like each room is a different theme, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dahlia, I love you. I think you're just such a wonderful, charming human being. And oh, I'm I love you too, John. I'm so glad that we became friends. I'm so glad we're Biffles. <laughs> Biffles. Um, I have a very cheesy line. If you've been on my podcast, you're part of my family. So welcome. Aww. I'm super appreciative that you came out today to be on the pod and thank you looking forward to so much awesome shit you've got coming on in your future. You'll be the first to know. And I can't wait to brag that I was on your podcast and (laughs) had photos. We were talking about this yesterday. Like, oh my God, I was photographed by the John (laughs) Picciuto. 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 I didn't know if it's that or Picciuto, but it's okay. Picciuto. Well, fingers crossed it happens for both of us. True. (laughs) Thanks so much. It's just the beginning. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. Bye.